When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When a woman becomes pregnant after 35, she's considered to be of advanced maternal age. But what does that exactly mean? What are some complications pregnant women face as they get older? And what medical options are available to test and treat women of advanced maternal age to ensure the healthiest pregnancy possible? I'm Dr. Sean Donishman, perinatologist with the San Diego Perinatal Center and founder of Miracle Babies. This is PregnuPals episode 60. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant and I have to exercise. What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? (laughs) Gotta make these pants fit. I've got cankles. What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Preggy Pals is your weekly online on-the-go support group for expecting parents and those hoping to become pregnant. I'm your host, Sunny Galt. Would you like to access all of our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, and great giveaways and discounts? Then you need to join our Preggy Pals Club. You've heard about it before. We're going to tell you about it all the time. And you can also get a free subscription to Pregnancy Magazine when you do that. So visit our website, preggypals.com, for more information. And another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free Preggy Pals app. It's available in the Android and iTunes marketplace and by subscribing to our monthly newsletter. So we have a packed house today in the studio and I always love it when that happens because the conversation is always so good. So we're going to go around and introduce ourselves. Um, Also mention as part of your introduction if you are of advanced maternal age and when that lovely transition happened for you. So um, let's start things off with Annie. Go ahead. My name is Annie. Uh, I am 35. I turned advanced maternal age last Tuesday. Congratulations. Thank Welcome you. to the club. I know. Yes. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, I'm a government contractor. It's my day job. And then usually it ends up being a night job, a labor doula. Okay. Uh, but uh, going to be taking a little break from that for baby number three here. Okay. A baby is coming in October. Uh, not sure baby's gender. We're well, you know, you're team green. I'm team green. Yeah. I am. Yeah. This is uh, my third child. I have two older daughters and I'm planning home birth. Yay. Okay, Christy. I'm Christy. I am a very young 41. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm due in on Labor Day. Another baby has a sense of humor. Um, and it's a girl. It's my first. And we're going to have a birth center birth. Okay, Abby, go ahead. Hi, my name is Abby. I also turned 35 while pregnant. That was last month. And I'm a social worker. Due October 3rd with a girl. It's my second girl. I have Mm -hmm. another girl that'll be two. And I'm planning a birth in the hospital. Okay, and joining us via Skype from Germany is Amy. Amy's been on the show before, but she recently moved to Germany, and uh, we're so happy to still have you as part of Preggy Pals. Yay, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I am Amy, and I am a blogger and writer and a work-at-home mommy. I um, have two children when I was advanced maternal age. I was 35 with number two, and I just have a four-month-old. And I was 39 when I had her. Both of them were born in, well, all three of our kids were born in a birth center. And yeah, all natural birthing. 
Wonderful. And you guys know me, um, but I do have some news to share with you. This is the first time I'm announcing it on Preggy Pals. I am pregnant. You guys knew Yay. that, <laughs> um, which is exciting. This is our third pregnancy, and uh, we have two little boys already. But the big news is last week, was it last week? Gosh, yeah, the it time. It Was it last week? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys are all friends with me on Facebook, so you know. We had some big news. We actually went in for our first trimester screening. I went by myself. My husband was at home with our little boys, thought this was a routine screening just to make sure there's nothing wrong with the baby and uh, the sonographer takes one look at me and she's like oh twins <laughs> and I, th- I thought she was joking I really did I, I for like a good couple minutes I was looking around the room for the cameras trying to figure out okay what show am I on and you know are why you are they serious, picking Sunny? I didn't know you this. didn't know oh, this <laughs> you've, you've no. been moving and stuff Amy so you yeah. know I'm out of the loop here in Luxembourg yeah. yes yeah so this is big news for us um you know oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but we are having identical wow. twins. How exciting. Yeah, I know. We, we don't know uh, the gender yet. Hopefully we'll find out soon. Very happy news. I've actually always wanted twins my whole life. No twins in the family. Doesn't really matter with identical, but that was the only way we were going to get twins is if my eggs split in two randomly, and that's exactly what happened. So anyways, that's my big news. So we will be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, so before we kick off today's show, we are going to do a pregnancy app review. It's something new that we're doing here on Preggy Pals because we all love our smartphones and our tablets and we're obsessed with technology um, and counting contractions and all that fun stuff. So um, we're going to review some of the apps that we've found that we really like. Today we are focused on an app called Sprout. We're focusing on Sprout Pregnancy because I think they have a Sprout Baby version too. So after you have your baby, um, you know, you can move on to that app. But this is called Sprout Pregnancy. And um, there's a free version. And when you first download it, um, it actually allows you, I think for 15 days, it automatically upgrades you to their premium version. And then after the 15 days are over, it downgrades you. It's pretty neat. You can enter in your baby's information, obviously your due date or the date of your last period, and it'll kind of configure all that for you. I was a little bummed, not that I expect all these app people to cater to me in my pregnancy, but this is just for singletons. They don't have anything for twins. And I was Aww. like, oh, it might be kind of cool to like be able to compare and contrast. But no, some of the things I like the best. I think one of the initial screens that you go to actually has a really cool image of a baby in utero. And it says at the top, you can put in your baby's name, but it automatically tells you what week you are. So if someone's like, hey, you know, you, you know you're pregnant. How many weeks are you? Like, I don't know if you guys have a hard time figuring this out. Oh, I always out. forget. I have to look at the apps. You have what, to look at the app. Yeah, right? like what Thursday oh, yeah. is it? Mm, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, Thursday too. I know yeah. I know it changes on Thursday. Yes. Yes, exactly. Right? <laughs> but it's hard. Every Friday. It, it, it's hard to remember all that, right? So. 
um, it tells you the week at the top. And then you could click on these little areas to learn more about what the baby is doing. So, And there's some other cool features on it, too. In the tools section, they have some cool stuff. You can track your weight if that's important to you. A kick counter, which I never did. My doctors wanted me to do kick counters, and I never did. Contraction timer. I'm in a little bit different group because um, I'm a C-section girl. But um, I I did use it with my first pregnancy was a vaginal birth. So um, those are some of the things I really liked. But I wanted to talk to you ladies who have had a chance to test this out and see what you guys thought. So, Abby, I know you had a chance to look Mm -hmm. at it. What do you think? Yeah, I really poked around and tried out the different areas. And I also have something to compare it to because I use two different apps. Okay. I use them during my first pregnancy and again this time. So I have something to compare it to. Overall, I feel like it's a little bit more comprehensive than the other two apps with all the things that it offers. For example, like you're saying, among the tools, the the kick counter and the contraction timer, I actually had to get those as separate apps because they weren't in the pregnancy apps I was using before. Okay. Um, so I did use the kick count, like a, a kind of kick counter, and I found it was really helpful. I didn't end up using the contraction timer because my water broke. <laughs> <laughs> I just went in. Um, And then one other thing I liked under the tools in the Sprout application is the organizer. Mm -hmm. Um, There's like a doctor visit planner. Yeah, I like that too. And I was like, well, I just keep my own notes, but they have question ideas, which was really good. So like, oh, here's an idea of questions I should ask during trimester two. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so I liked it. And there was kind of like a little packing list. Oh, I have one quibble on the packing list. Mm-hmm. They said to, or knows, like, a, things that you need and newborn essentials, they had formula. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that might be one little piece of feedback to give them is that an absolute essential you don't need to buy is yes. formula. Because if I didn't know, it was my first pregnancy, I think, like, oh, I'm supposed to have some. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and one thing that I thought they could do, too, is allow those to be edited. Like, you can add to it, but I don't think you can delete. Christy, what do you think? I actually have been doing kick counting, and I have a little piece of paper that my childbirth class um, gave us to, to do, and I never write it down. <laughs> and quite frankly, you know, I try and do it when I'm starting to go to sleep at night and trying to watch the clock, and then I fall asleep. Where if I have the app, yeah, I really like that part of the okay. app, um, that it'll just start counting, and I just hit the kick. So that, I think it's actually, to me, it would be worthwhile to upgrade this mm-hmm. to the, I think it's three ninety nine. Yeah, just for the kick counter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for the ladies that were able to kind of check this app out, the Sprout app, um, thumbs up, thumbs down. Would you recommend it to another pregnant mommy? Yeah. Yeah, 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 thumbs up. I think up. I would too. Okay, we're going to give this a Preggy Pals thumbs up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you. 
Well, you thought 40 was considered over the hill, but when it comes to pregnancy, they have actually lowered the bar to 35. It's called advanced maternal age. And here to tell us all about it is Dr. Sean Donishman, perinatologist with the San Diego Perinatal Center and founder of Miracle Babies, an organization providing information and financial support to newborns in the NICU. So Dr. D, welcome back to Preggy Pals. Thank you so much, Sunny. Thanks for having me. Yeah, last time we had you here, you were talking about high-risk pregnancies. Right. Yeah. So I feel like this kind of is, is lumped into that category a little bit, or at least can be. So let's define what advanced maternal age is. What does that mean? So advanced maternal age is, is a term that's actually being phased out because in the past, we used to offer genetic screening and testing to women 35 and older because they had a, they had a higher threshold for having babies with chromosome abnormalities. Okay. And since now these tests are offered to every pregnant woman, we're really phasing away, phasing out the term advanced maternal age. However, 35 and older, um, women have an increased risk with their pregnancies, mainly chromosome abnormalities, and I can yeah. tell you more about that. Should I? Yeah, now? let's go ahead. Let's talk about that. So patients that uh, turned really 32 and above, uh, their uh, chance of getting pregnant, meaning the time fecundability, which is the probability of getting pregnant within one menstrual cycle, is decreased. So it takes longer for women to get pregnant. Uh, 35 and above, when they get pregnant, they have a higher uh, chance of having uh, miscarriages, unfortunately. When they do get pregnant, they have a higher risk of having ectopic pregnancies. Uh, also, multiple gestations is higher with uh, women 35 and older. Once they are pregnant, obviously, chromosome abnormalities. Obviously, you know every pregnant woman who's especially 35 and older, because I see a lot of patients that are in that age category, uh, they're concerned about chromosomes, they're concerned about congenital abnormalities, and there's some data in the literature suggesting maybe there's a higher risk of uh, heart defects. I don't want to scare people on this panel, <laughs> you know. And obviously, you know, I tell all my patients, you know, older women, 35 and older, they're all young, but they do fantastic. But there are some concerns and some precautions that we need to take. So, again, up until the age, about 20 weeks of pregnancy, everyone's concerned, oh, my God, how is my baby? How are the chromosomes? And I, we'll talk about, obviously, the genetic screening and testings that are available and then after that, you know, gestational diabetes mellitus is higher, uh, hypertensive-related crises are higher, and also it just, it's intuitive. You know, the older you are, the more likely you may have some comorbidities, such as, uh, you know, being overweight or have hypertension or diabetes. Uh, so, you know, number of visits to the hospital may be a little bit higher. Your cesarean section rates may be a little bit higher. Yeah. Well, ladies, how do, how do you feel about this term in general, about advanced maternal age? I, I didn't, for some reason, and, and you know, I kind of said this in the intro, but I thought that was 40 and over. And I don't know if that's just a societal thing that, you know, again, you're over the hill when you're 40 or whatever. And Christy, you're not over the hill. Not <laughs> oh, saying, no, sweetie. I don't feel it. No. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. our society says, okay, once you reach 40, your life is half over, which is ridiculous. But we're trained to think that. So um, I, I guess, you know, has advanced maternal age, Dr. D, has that always been 35? Did yes. they? It, it has always yes. been. Yes. Okay. So, ladies, how how do you feel well, about I mean, this? I just I think back at, at my mother, and she tells the story of when my youngest brother was born, and this was back, um, you know, early '80s, I guess, and mm-hmm. and that was, uh, you know, there wasn't the plush, you know, hospital accommodations. All the pregnant women were kind of together in one room, right. as they labored, and then when it was time for you to have the baby, you went into the delivery room. So, the nurses, you know, in taking her and asking her what her age was, and she said thirty. Three and it was said so she was like dead silence in the room, like it's the old lady over there. But I mean, I think nowadays, like you were saying, doctor, Absolutely. women are starting their career later. Yeah. They're putting off having their family, so I think it's more common uh, for for women to start their family in their mid thirties. Um, or, yeah. or even their their early forties um, before they start thinking about that. I sure. mean, you know, when she 
you know, had me that was even have her having me at uh, the age of 26, I think it was. Um, that was like, oh, so you, you're waited a little bit to have a family, you know? And, you know, nowadays yeah. you ask anybody in their mid-20s, and you're like, well, I'm still having fun. I'm still, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, so, so it's different, I think, and you know, of just how we're growing our families now. Yeah. It's true, and it's it's important, Annie, that, you know, if whether you're 35, 36, or 41, I think it's just important on how you live your life. So, you know, lifestyle measures, you know, how are you eating, exercising, not using tobacco. I mean, just what do we do to stay healthy and decrease inflammation? Mm-hmm. That's the key. But there are obviously some independent risk factors when it, when you turn older. I mean, you, you have no control over what your eggs are doing. So uh, you have a higher tendency to have trisomies, so three chromosomes, uh, such as 21 or 16. Those things you have no control over. But we certainly have some control over our environmental risk factors. I think on the whole, I'm healthier now than I was in my 20s. And so I, you know, I'm def- definitely exercise more. I didn't really exercise in my 20s, eat better. And so on the whole, I feel better. And I'd also like to point out my doctor doesn't call me advanced maternal age. Their official term is elderly. Yeah, it's me in too. the computer is elderly. That's me. Yeah. What the heck is up with that? Right. It's it's in the literature. Yeah. Yeah. It's, un- it's unfortunate. Elderly multigravida means it's not your first. If you have elderly prima gravida, what prima is that? Right. Is right. that your mm-hmm. first? And then af- after that, the elderly just would get to me every time. That's yeah. my yeah. official my mind, diagnosis on too. everything is elderly multigravida. It's, like, okay, it's awful. That is absolutely awful. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's embarrassing. <laughs> thank you for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> and in so my true. in my personal experience, you know, I I haven't had any issues. I'm knock yeah. on wood. I've been very very fortunate. I was pleasantly surprised with both pregnancies to get pregnant in the first month. Nice. And so far, I have to say, it's been kind of smooth sailing. So I just kind of have to like laugh a lot, like. I'm elderly. Like, so what is that going to mean? Are they going to treat me different? (laughs) Yeah. Am I going to have to do more tests? So it definitely raises questions. I had the exact same experience. So I've been very lucky. And, you know, I I was listening to Dr. D talk about how um, you have more difficulty getting pregnant or any of these things. I mean, my midwives were always telling me, oh, my gosh, you're how old? You know, so they would see the elderly maldegravida on my chart and they would say, Oh my gosh, I thought you were like 25. And I said, well, in my mind, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's what I keep telling everybody. I don't know what this elderly stuff is all about. <laughs> yeah, I was very healthy and I've been very blessed and ag- agreed with everybody. I think that if you're healthy in your habits, you know, when you're trying to get pregnant, it, it seems to go a little bit better. You know, I've had three beautiful pregnancies and beautiful births. And I just, I, I think I'm just healthier in general in my 30s. And approaching the 40s. And it's important. Uh, I agree, Amy. I think it's important also, you know, when patients come in, I had a patient who's 45 years old come in and spontaneous pregnancy. It's important just to inform patients on what's out there in the literature. But really, this is not real science. So there is some data suggesting that you have a higher risk of having placenta previa. There is a higher risk of having a growth-restricted baby. There is a higher risk of having preeclampsia, gestational diabetes. What measures can we take to make sure that you do well? Right. And... But when you say high risk, I mean it's still in the minority. It's of of the right. percentage, so, of like course. the percentage of the likelihood of me having a baby with Down syndrome at forty one is still very small. Yeah, how, d- how much does it <laughs> yeah. go up? When we say we've got an increased risk, I mean you know you mentioned age thirty two. So between thirty one and thirty two, or thirty four to thirty five, are we talking about a huge increase? I mean, how is that number yeah. picked so out? With, so with one thirty, the age of 35, it's about 1 in 360 chance of having a baby with Down syndrome. And at the age of 40, it goes down to goes up to about 
145. So significantly higher, but still the odds are that your baby is going to be normal. For example, when we say preeclampsia is higher, the incidence of preeclampsia in the average patient and the average patient population is about 3 to 4%, and someone who's 40 and above is about 7 to 8%. So I tell my patients, your risk is higher. It doesn't mean you're going to have it. So get a blood pressure monitor starting at 20 weeks and start checking your blood pressure on a daily basis. And these are the parameters that I want you to look at. If it's above this, make sure you call me. So early intervention, just knowledge, I think, is power. Just knowing what things to look for and not necessarily what's going to happen to you. And this is, oh, my God, you're 41. Oh, my God, you know, <laughs> you're doomed. No, you're going to have a healthy, beautiful pregnancy before your pregnancy. Most important, just control the environmental environmental factors, which is eat very well, take your folic acid. And now the folic acid that everyone's talking about is methylated folate, so methylfolate. Um, Make sure you're not smoking, you're not drinking, and uh, eating very healthy. Another thing that I think that is missing in the medical model is the aspect that even though we might as elderly, mature (laughs) mothers to be. Experienced. Um, Yes, experienced. (laughs) Well, I'm not even experienced yet. This is my first. But that as an older woman in this, I don't even like saying that, but I've, I've had a lot of living. I've done so much and I don't feel like I'm putting anything on hold or I'm missing out on any life. And so from a a spiritual, mental, emotional standpoint, I think I'm treating my body and my baby so much better than I would have in my 20s because I'm ready for this. So there's the balance where there's the medical part that, yes, of course, there are higher risks, but there's the balance of what that means. And I'm even just creating a more sane, serene environment in my body for the baby to grow in. Chris Darning, I really agree with you. I think because the mm-hmm. most crucial time in a child's development, brain, I mean, the most important organ in our body is our brain. And uh, the most crucial time in addressing a child's brain is zero to five. So it's from now until the age of five. So I agree. When I see an 18-year-old come into my office who's pregnant, I spend a lot more time talking about what you do after delivery. So when I see someone, you know, who's in their 30s or 40s coming in, I know that these people are obviously a lot more experienced and they know what it means to take care of a child. So uh, those discussions are not held as much. So I agree with you because really that stage, zero to five, is so crucial how you nurture this child, how do you uh, create a very nurturing environment for this child's brain to develop because 90% of who we are is really established at that time. And then your neocortex, your thinking brain's obviously continues to grow. Okay, so we actually have a question from one of our listeners on Facebook. And um, Stephanie, why don't you tell us what our listener is saying? Okay, our question is from Nikki Helms. She says, what are the hidden risks of getting pregnant after 40? And she says, I know about Downs and such, but what other dangers are there? Okay, so Nikki, there's uh, there's independent... Uh, risk factors for preeclampsia, which is a condition where blood pressures go up. There's uh, increased risk associated with developing gestational diabetes. Um, those are the really main two uh, concerns. Also, cesarean section rates are higher with uh, with women 40 and over. I'm sorry, I'm going to say these. Not me. I know. Except Christy. Not my reality. Also, stillbirths are higher. When you look at uh, the uh, overall uh, increased risk associated with stillbirths, you know, it's about three to four per thousand in, in a, a younger woman and women who are at 40 and above. It goes up to about eight and a half to nine per thousand. So, again, not huge, but 
it's the numbers go up. So therefore, more testing is involved. So I tell my patients they get screened earlier for diabetes. They also get screened again at 24 to 28 weeks for gestational diabetes mellitus. Like I said before in the show, I ask them to get a blood pressure monitor and start checking their blood pressures 20 weeks onward every day. And I tell them if your blood pressures are over 140, over 90, uh, either of those, please contact your provider. Um, every month, we get an ultrasound because there's also an increased risk associated with growth restrictions. So every month, patients get an ultrasound. Again, this is all done just to, uh, we want to identify if there is a problem earlier than not. And then starting at 34 weeks, we recommend uh, undergoing non-stress tests, which is um, basically recording the baby's heart rate for longer than the 15 seconds or 10 seconds that physicians listen or midwives listen to uh, the baby's heartbeat, and that's done for 20 minutes, and then also looking at the amniotic fluid volume, uh, and that's done starting around 34 weeks, twice a week until delivery. I have to chime in the non-stress test with something. I keep telling you guys I'm so hands-off. That was the most wonderful experience of my entire pregnancy. <laughs> because <laughs> you I got would to sit rest. in a chair and read a book and no one could interrupt me. And it was lovely. So I highly recommend the non-stress test <laughs> for we mature mothers. Yeah. The non-stresses have a very good negative predictive value. So we're looking for, you know, uh, if there's any evidence of hypoxia with our babies or lack of oxygenation. And I have to tell you something. Uh, I mean, this is not a HIPAA violation because there's, I'm not naming any names, but if it wasn't for the non-stress test just uh, recently, uh, two weeks ago, I would have lost a baby. Wow, I mean, really? in all honesty, I mean, something just very rare happened with this patient where that one of the arteries, uh, one of the vessels in the baby's heart was closing and uh, that baby could have passed away within a matter of days. Wow. I mean, wow, it's just, it was a very rare thing to happen. So obviously not, we don't do it for that, but yeah, um, I caught it. Yeah. But the likelihood of a woman over 40 having an absolutely normal pregnancy is more likely than her having a problem. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. And we have to always focus on that. And I always tell that to patients. You are, you know, these are things that we talk about, we're concerned about, but at the same time, your odds are you're going to have a very healthy pregnancy. Okay, so uh, we talked about this really quickly earlier, at least we kind of teased it, and there are different tests that are associated with advanced maternal age, things that may be recommended, um, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about those tests, so we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Today we are learning all about advanced maternal age, which is the term they give you once you become pregnant after age 35. And our expert is Dr. Sean Donishman, perinatologist with the San Diego Perinatal Center and founder of Miracle Baby. So before we dive back into this conversation, one thing that I should let all of our listeners know is something new we're doing here on Preggy Pals is we want you guys to be part of our conversation. So um, like our Facebook page, we're going to be posting updates on our Facebook page, as well as follow us on Twitter. So it's just um, Preggy underscore pals is our as our name or you could go to our website and just click on the Twitter link um, and basically we're gonna have a little Twitter party so every time we record a show um, our fabulous producer Stephanie over here is going to be uh, tweeting out some of the topics we're talking about asking you guys questions you guys can participate in our conversation and ask Dr. D questions uh, for example in this episode about advanced maternal age and uh, yeah that's one way you can get involved with our show um, all you have to do if you are following um, us on Twitter look for the hashtag PreggyPalsVP which stands for virtual panelist. Okay, let's dive back into this. So, Dr. D, let's talk about um, the first trimester screening test and what is involved. Now, this isn't something that's just for advanced maternal age. You know, this is an optional test that any woman can partake in. Um, is it recommended more for women of advanced maternal age to determine if there's chromosomal 
Did I say that right? Chromosomal. Chromosomal, yeah. <laughs> no, you're fabulous, honey. <laughs> I think it's it's recommended for patients that, uh, you know, when I see patients in the first trimester, I ask them, you know, there's obviously screening tests that are available. They have 5% false positive results with these. And what would you do with the information? Um, so if a patient says, I want to I want to have all the information possible, then we go through the steps. So first trimester screening is involves two parts, which is one is a blood test. Uh, and the other one is an ultrasound, so which combines uh, combines that data, those data, and basically give you odds risk on Down syndrome and trisomy 18. So remember, um, you guys or listeners out there, that inside the inside this beautiful sac where the baby resides, uh, how does the fluid get in there? It, it comes through fetal urination and baby's lung secretions, baby spits inside. And how does it get out? It gets out through three ways. It gets through, through the membrane called the intermembranous pathway. Baby swallows it and goes through the placenta. So 1% of these hormones go through the placenta and get into maternal blood. So in the first trimester, between 11 to about 13 weeks and six days, we do a blood draw for PAPE, which is pregnancy-associated plasma protein A, and HCG. And then we look behind our baby's neck between the skin and the soft tissue, and we measure that distance. We take baby size, mom's age, that blood work, and that gives us some odds risk. Okay, your risk for Down syndrome is 1 in 500 or 1 in 1,000. Then between 15 to 20 weeks, there's another blood, te- blood test called the quad screening test, and that involves a blood draw, not doesn't include an ultrasound, a blood draw, which uh, screens for alpha fetoprotein, human chorionic gonadotropin, inhibitant estriol. And these combi- these test results can combine with your first trimester result and give you the final risk assessment. So someone will say, my risk was one in a thousand for having a baby with Down syndrome. Um, let's say the risk comes back positive. My risk was one in 15, for example. Oh my God, oh my God, does my baby have Down syndrome? Also, mom gets an ultrasound anywhere between 18 to 20 weeks. Sometimes moms uh, made decide to get an ultrasound a little bit earlier. Uh, and then we look for soft markers. Is there anything on this ultrasound? First, how does the baby look from head to toe? Then are there any signs that maybe may have, this angel may have an increased risk for having Down syndrome? And then we try to combine those results with our risk assessments. For example, is there a bright spot in the heart? Is there fluid within the kidneys? Uh, does is anything look abnormal inside the baby's brain, such as a choriplexus cyst that increases the risk for trisomy 18? And then we try to combine those results with the blood test and inform women. So first trimester screening, second trimester screening, and now there's something which in the past year and a half we've been offering patients, which is the uh, blood draw for fetal DNA. There's a fetal DNA in maternal blood uh, that screens for the most common abnormalities, which are the trisomies and sex chromosome abnormalities. So Down syndrome, trisomy 18, trisomy 13. And I'm sure everyone knows what these are. You know, there are three chromosomes instead of two chromosomes. Instead of two, two number 21s, we have three for Down syndrome, three for number 18, and three, th- three for number 13. And that test result is, um, that test is wonderful for patients who screen positive, who are at high risk, and uh, it's got an excellent um, sensitivity and specificity. Uh, now, if a patient comes in and, God forbid, has, for example, with a heart defect, which unfortunately affects 34,000 babies here in the U.S. annually, um, then, you know, since there are other chromosomes, uh, abnormalities associated with that, then we offer an amniocentesis. Uh, or if a patient comes in and says, I have a baby, I had a baby with trisomy 21 with Down syndrome with my previous pregnancy, what can I do? They can go ahead and do these screening tests, or they can just proceed with a CVS, which is chorionic villa sampling, which is done in the first trimester, usually past 10 weeks, and that is a catheter that goes through the cervix or transabdominally, so through the abdomen, and gets some placental tissue, and we check for fetal DNA. And that has to be done at a specific time. 
right? Yes. That's done usually around 12 weeks, so 12 to 13 okay. weeks. And then between 15 to 20 weeks or between 15 to really 22 weeks, you can do an amniocentesis. Okay. Now, can you talk a little bit about, now both of those are considered invasive procedures, right? So what is the risk of something happening to the baby? And with that risk, I mean, what, what could happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the major, the uh, the biggest obviously risk factor is pregnancy loss, and with with twins, Sunny, it's it's higher. It's about two and a half percent with an amnio. Um, th- there may be a high risk with CVS, and there may be a uh, need for an amnio with a CVS. Uh, so, but with an with an amniocentesis, the risk is about one in five hundred uh, to lose a pregnancy. So, one in five hundred women that have an amniocentesis may lose that pregnancy, and with CVS, is probably one in three hundred. Um, more amnios are done now than CVS, especially because of these, uh, you know, screening tests and diagnostic tests that are coming out. Um, and again, a CVS is in the first trimester a catheter that goes through the cervix and takes basically uh, placental tissue done under ultrasound guidance. So there's a sonographer who's scan- standing there and scanning, you know, your baby, and you can see this catheter actually going in and taking this. Uh, uh, placental tissue. And with an amniocentesis, again, it's an ultrasound guided uh, needle that goes, it's a very thin needle, but it's a long needle that goes through the uh, sac and draws that fluid. And basically within a week and a half, we can have results. We can have results on the most common chromosome abnormalities by don't, doing something called FISH. Um, and that you can get results within a matter of three days, two to three days on the most common one. So Down syndrome, trisomy 18, trisomy 13. Remember that most of these screening tests really are designed for Down syndrome. I mean, they're made to identify babies with Down syndrome because we're not very good at diagnosing babies with Down syndrome on ultrasound. 50% of the time, they look normal. So if we take 100 moms with babies with Down syndrome, we'll miss 50 of those babies. We'll say, oh, baby looks normal. So this is really, these tests are intended for patients that may say, I will not continue with the pregnancy, or I really want to know the information. Okay. And obviously, all these procedures are elective, right? I mean, nothing. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Anything you do with your pregnancy is elective. No one can force you to take any of these. Absolutely. Um, you know, I just share just with my personal experience, I have more, I guess, traditional medical care. I have an OB. Um, I go through, you know, a big medical provider. And immediately when they learned that I was um, 35, they um, assigned me to a genetic counselor, which that was that was my first introduction to advanced maternal age. I'm like, what do you mean? This is different. This is not like my other pregnancies. Um, and I went in, and I, I was really hesitant about this appointment just because I just didn't. I just didn't. I don't think I wanted to be classified as advanced maternal age. I think I was having a personal issue with this. Um, but it was really interesting because she was very knowledgeable, and she was giving me all the information about the risks, about the procedures, and really, you know, sharing more information about the percentages like you were talking about earlier dr d as far as well when you're 35 it goes up by this percentage you know um and i found it really interesting um and it got pretty in-depth i think the the appointment was about an hour and a half um and i learned a lot and one of the things that i learned about and i wanted to get your feedback on this dr d is the non-invasive prenatal tests where they're just drawing blood. Um, And these are done through third-party companies. What can you tell us about that? Because I thought that was really interesting. I I get really scared about invasive procedures. It all really depends on what you're going to do with the information, and everybody has their reasons for doing it. But for me, it's it's a very scary thing. So this is more of a blood draw, and it can gather similar information that an amnio or the CVS would gather, right? Absolutely. So it's a blood test that looks for uh, basically fetal DNA and maternal blood, and it screens for the most 
most common abnormalities. Again, Down syndrome, trisomy 13, trisomy 18, and sex chromosome abnormalities. And there are right now three competing companies that are doing this. Uh, yes, I think it offers certainly a lot of information for patients that are high risk. So a woman comes in and says, remember with twins, 33 is considered advanced maternal age. <laughs> Sorry, Sonny. Oh, gosh. So, I know. So, <laughs> no one told <laughs> me too. that yet. No. <laughs> So I've got a lot of patients who come in and say, you know what, I really want to avoid doing a CVS or an amniocentesis. What else do you have to offer? It's excellent also for uh, uh, really just information. Um, and it can be done after 10 weeks, and it can be done anytime during the pregnancy. I had it done. Yeah. You yeah. did? I did, because when we went for the ultrasound where they tried to see the back of the baby's neck um, to test for Down syndrome, our our little one is so active um, <laughs> that they couldn't catch the back of her neck. So they didn't have that reading, so we decided to just go ahead. And the upside of it is that they also do the, the, uh, gender? the gender, so yeah. we were able to find out the gender early on as well. So at what point, how many weeks were you, do you remember, when you did it? 14 weeks? Right. That and the week uh, and the results come back pretty quickly, right? Yeah, within a, usually with a two week period. Well, it didn't feel very quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, in the grand scheme of things, but I know you want that information, especially when you think something could be wrong. You want yeah. that information yeah. anyway. And Sunny, I want to talk about what you said about as far as you know, meeting with a genetic counselor. Yeah. I always tell patients, you know, this is information. Forget about all the terminology, yeah. elderly, advanced maternal age. This is for information. The more informed you are, the better it is. So go in there and listen to these guys. They're not pushing, you know, it's your decision ultimately. But there is, you know, every few months, other new screening tests are available. And it's just for information, you know, do you want to be screened for cystic fibrosis? Do you want to be screened for spinal muscular atrophy? Do you want to be screened for fragile X? So I think it, uh, you know, the term genetic counseling is just, it scares it's people. Scary, it's yeah, scary. It is. But it's information, you yeah. know, and the genetic counselors are wonderful. Go there and just listen to them and you'll decide with your partner what you want to do. Can yeah. I can I ask about that? Um I, when I first went in, I said, well, I'm going to be turning 35, and they didn't offer the genetic counseling. And then I had my birthday last month, and they said, do you want to go in and see a genetic counselor? And I said, well, I'm second trimester. You know, what would they do? So I didn't go. Yeah, I is think Is there still a point, or is it kind of after the fact now? I mean, I think you can still, you know, uh, meet with them, but, um, you know, certainly once you're past a certain stage, you know, especially with chromosomes, you can still, you know, someone, can you do an amniocentesis at 26 weeks? Yes, you can, but there are obviously other risks associated with it, such as rupturing your membranes. Could you do a maternity 21 or a harmony test? Yes, you can, so you can get more information that way as well. But it's at the time of delivery, what's your age? That's when you're considered advanced maternal age or not. Oh, well, that's really good that's, information. Yeah, that was information that was new to me because they, um, I always think when I got pregnant was the, you know, the factor. And so we were talking earlier about the um, increased incidence of Down syndrome and they show you the genetic counselors show you the chart and everything. And so I was 38 turning 39 within a month of my due date. And so they said, no, we have to look at 39, not 38. And I said, well, that kind of stinks. <laughs> I was That's like, so but funny. I got pregnant then, and uh, doesn't that mean something? No. <laughs> you have the baby. And I said, well, maybe I'll have the baby early then. <laughs> and, and Sunny, you and I were talking about this, I think, the last taping of... I think that was kind of the offensive turn to me was number one, the elderly thing, which we've covered uh, <laughs> very extensively this morning. Uh, but also the fact that I had a baby at the age of 34 just last year. Yeah. So, exactly. you know, um, so I'm like, wait a second. So, you know, here I am, you know, under midwifery care because I was very low risk. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, had had a very uh, healthy baby. You know, she's about to turn one and here I am pregnant again. I got pregnant when I was 34. So yeah. I had a baby at 34, got pregnant at 34, but now I'm having this baby at 35 and, and now all of a sudden, 
you know, what, what switched, you know? Your eggs so, went bad. I don't know what to tell you. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Your eggs yeah. went bad. <laughs> it doesn't sound like my, Dr. D does this, but it seems like everyone who was ever a caregiver of mine during those two pregnancies definitely made a big deal about it. Every sonographer, every nurse, every midwife, everybody. And that, I don't know, I, I don't want to say offended me, but it was very, I, as a, such a healthy person who's never had anything wrong, and is a very active, healthy mother. I don't, I, I just don't understand the hang up, but. Whatever. A friend of mine was um, maybe 39 and her point of view was that she liked it because she liked getting the extra information and the extra ultrasounds. So yeah. I think she that's liked a good it. perspective to have really. Cause like Dr. D said, it's, it's additional information. Forget about the yeah. definitions. Yeah. And I think, you know, everything is, you have to individualize it to, you know, every person. Like, for example, Annie had a healthy pregnancy at 34, and odds are she's going to do exactly the same thing this time. So, right. and that's what I tell patients. Uh, I think, you know, we need to treat patients, people as human beings, you know, and we have to be respectful. So some of the terms I agree are absolutely elderly really can we yeah. petition to change that yeah. yes can we is there something <laughs> so wait Preggy pal's gonna start a petition that's what we're gonna do dr d uh, yes. you tell me where to I'll send join, this I'll petition join. it'll be an online one i'll get moms around the world to sign this i guarantee yeah i love it, I love it. Yeah. all right dr d thanks for joining us today for more information about our expert as well as our panelists today visit the episode page on our website and this conversation continues for members of our preggy pals club after the show we are talking about the advanced maternal age ultrasound what is it and is it really needed? To join our club, visit our website, preggypals.com. Here is a comment from one of our listeners, and this comes from Debbie Hansen. And Debbie writes on our Facebook page, I wanted to thank you for your recent episode on healing from an unwanted cesarean. With my daughter, I had planned to have an unmedicated water birth, and instead I had an induction, pitocin, epidural, and cesarean. After my daughter's birth, I had tremendous guilt and regret over how her delivery went. And even now, 14 months later, I still could not fully move on and let go of those feelings. The quote from Pam England that your guest read had a profound impact on me. I had carried a lot of guilt feeling that I had known better, but now I realize that I truly did do the absolute best I could have given the circumstances and who I was in that moment. Thank you for not only doing this show, but also for doing it now, as we have just found out we are pregnant with our second. I now feel much more confident in my ability to plan for and experience birth for a second time. Debbie, thank you so much for sending this email, and I'm so glad this episode helped you. If you have a topic that you want us to explore on Preggy Pals, you can either send us an email, contact us on Facebook, or also call our voicemail, which is 619-866-4775. So that wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Parent Savers, for parents with newborns, infants, and toddlers, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. Next week, we're talking with the March of Dimes about how to reduce premature births. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of new mommy media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. 
If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.